Welcome to Imperfect Momming. Our children are constantly looking to us for examples. The term role model doesn't quite cut it here. We are shaping their worldview with every move we make. You see, it's not in the lectures we give or moments where we are actively attempting to teach them. It's in the micro-movements we make, the unconscious ways in which we navigate life. We are constantly teaching our children how to show up for themselves, their friends, their future partners, and even their future children. So what can we do to ensure we are raising thoughtful, compassionate, self-aware human beings? We have to become them ourselves. No one is perfect, but we can still all be better, and it starts with self-healing. Let's get to it. Welcome back to Imperfect Momming, and we have a very special guest today, Bridget Butler. Welcome to Imperfect Momming. Hi, happy to be here. Thank you. So I know that I follow you on Instagram, but I don't remember how that happened. It's possible we were growing our blog together, uh, but I don't know that it matters. No. No? I feel like we just met each other. I don't know, maybe like a hashtag or something led us to each other and we just started chatting and hit it off. Yeah. 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 And you're similar in what I do. So of course I, you know, we have common interests and want to help common people. So <laughs> yeah, I am all about empowering women like that is. And as a mom, I think I tend to work with mostly moms. Yes. You know, there it's a different, it's a different life when you're, um, when you're raising children and growing a business, like it's just a different ball game. Definitely. Like growing a business is hard and raising children is hard. (laughs) And so when you add the two together, you get 82 times hard. (laughs) A thousand percent. Yeah. And then, you know, add on a pandemic year and let's just go with, you know, how crazy can this get? (laughs) It's so funny. I'm going to have you introduce yourself in a second, but it's so funny that I forgot about the pandemic part. (laughs) Right? I've I've been in business for 10 years. So that part wasn't different. It was the having him home all the time was different, but it wasn't as difficult that my brain would have made that five years ago. Like if somebody had said five years ago that I need to prepare for this five years from now, I, I would have had a mental breakdown in the thinking of the preparation of it. Like they right, didn't right. have to think about it. <laughs> Which is kind of, at least for me with having kids, I kind of feel the same way. Like there, there's only so much you can prepare yourself for. And then the rest is just jump in and figure it out as you go along. Cause yeah. there's just, Yeah. It's a lot. (laughs) A really good way of putting parenting. You just got to jump into the deep end and then hopefully you don't drown. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. You won't drown. Just got to trust yourself. (laughs) So who are you and what do you do? Okay. So my name is Bridget Butler. Um, My business is Modern Woman Ancient Essentials. I am a mindset coach for mainly other coaches and um, like service providers, female coaches and service providers. Um, I have three boys ages. Well, one will be 12 in like less than a week. I have a nine-year-old and I have a five-year-old. Yeah. So, um, I have been, I 
started this business in um, fall of 2019. So prior to that, I did a bunch of kind of odd entrepreneur dipping my my toes in. I started a quilt business, so I'm a modern quilter. Um, I started sewing when I was pregnant with my first, um, and then it became like a dangerous kind of uh, addiction hobby addiction. Yeah, <laughs> and I and I had to like pay for it somehow, so I started selling quilts. And then I also sold essential oils for a while um, and I beekeeped for a while. And so, yeah, I think the reason why I got into mindset coaching is when I was selling um, essential oils, it was like through network marketing and I had a team and I worked with other women. We would have these mentoring calls and I felt in like, I didn't have the tools to help them with what was actually going on. It wasn't so much you know, like the product was great. It was like, how do I believe in myself enough to offer the product to other people? And I really wanted to help women break through those kind of like being visible and showing up and kind of all the things that I do today. And I just felt unequipped. So I went and got certified um, and learned the tools on how to coach. And then once I started doing it, I never went back to selling oils because I just... I just love it. I mean, I just love, I love having my own business. That's my own and I get to run it and create it however I want. Yeah. Yeah. I absolutely love origin stories, like how people got into personal development. Cause it's interesting to me, like you're either in or you're out. There's really no happy medium. And, um, and it's like, and even listening to you talk, you're like, I we're doing these mentor calls. I don't feel equipped. And so I went out and I got certified and I'm like, I think I was seven or six or seven years into my business. That never crossed my mind. Not once. <laughs> to, to like go and get the tools. Right. I was like, well, you already yeah. had them maybe then, right? Well, it was, I just shied away from it. I was like, you do your thing. Mm-hmm. I do my thing. Like it's cool. And so I had a lot of turnover in my business. So, and I was always mm-hmm. much better in the sales side of the business than mm-hmm. the team member side of the business. And so yeah. if there's any team members listening, uh, I'm sorry that I wasn't better. <laughs> Yeah. I mean, there's so many different aspects. It's, it's so, it's very much like parenting in that way. There's just, especially as an entrepreneur, like a solo entrepreneur doing, knowing the marketing, having the sales skills, having the ability to actually perform your job, to find customers and clients, like there's just so much. And then it's the exact same with parenting. Like there's so many hats that you have to wear and part of it is finding people who, who like you can empower, but who are also pretty empowered. And with kids, I feel like the more that we can empower them to like be part of the conversation and not just like us telling them what to do, the easier it is. Cause it's like, we're all a team and it's not us versus them, which is something that I've definitely had to work on. Like I'm, I'm a naturally competitive person. So there's been many times when like my husband will excel at something and I will feel, you know, inadequate because it's like, oh, I didn't, I didn't do it. Like he did it, or that was such a better way of explaining it to the kids or whatever it is. 
diffusing the situation and then realizing, hey, wait a second, like we're on the same team. My team member just helped us out. That's amazing, right? It's not a competition. Right. And I didn't grow up with the idea of the relationship and the family unit being a team. Mm -hmm. Like I didn't grow up with that concept, but I freaking love that concept because it, it means that like when one of us has a win, we all win. And when one of us is struggling, like we all gather around and like, how can we help the struggle? Right. Exactly. Yeah. It makes, and, and you said also to bring them along and include them in their parent, in their parenting. Like, I think that we would feel more empowered as, as people if we were included in how we were raised, if we had a say to an extent, like obviously kids want to stay up till three in the morning and have ice cream for breakfast. And neither of those things have happened in my house ever, um, <laughs> except that they've happened in this last week. But, um, <laughs> you know, it's, but, and, and it's not all the time. Like I make exceptions for him and, and we actually made him an ice cream smoothie and I put a protein shake in there with it. Oh, I love it. You know? Yeah. And he drank it and I'm like, sweet, he's got some good protein in, in him. And yeah. He thinks he's getting ice cream for breakfast, you know? <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> no, well, definitely. I didn't grow up. I grew up with a father who was very absent. And so it, it felt like me and my brother and my mom against him. Mm-hmm. And having married a man who, and of course, I didn't know this at the time when I married him, but who would end up being a very involved dad. It's been really healing to watch that like a relationship, you can have a healthy relationship with the male, the dominant one in the household or whatever. Like it doesn't have to be. Um, yeah, it's back to that same thing. Like it just doesn't feel like it's the enemy. And I think that we really try with the kids when, yeah, age appropriate wise to like, well, what do you think is a, is a good solution to this? Or how do you think, what do you think should be the consequence of like, you know, whatever it is, taking that out of his hand or whatever it is. So we just are brainstorming and talking about it and not just, this is what's going to happen because I said so. Cause what does that really do when we grow up and we have consequences? If we haven't learned how to, you know, like how to think about problem solving as a collective, that we're going to end up in kind of the same situation that we're in right now, globally, it, right? It, le- it leads to me having a business for six years and never thinking about getting support yeah. in the leadership aspect of my business mm. and just really hankering down on this is what I know. And I know that I'm good at this, but I also like, once I got into just like you, once I got into the coaching part, I was like, uh, direct sales who? you know, like, and I know that that's been irritating to certain people in my life. And, and I apologize for that, but it's like, I really figured out who I am and what I love. And it's even got me thinking, you know, I, I kept saying, I hate all the non-coaching part of coaching, Mm, like all the, all the, um, the marketing part. Right. Mm. But every time somebody breaks marketing down for me, it's like, well, I like doing that. And I like doing that. And I like doing that. So I, I, I like all the parts of marketing. Right. <laughs> I say I it's hate marketing. Like, 
the label of marketing. Yeah. Yeah. Because this, well, and label, that's, this label of marketing yeah. is scary. Like, I don't know what that um, means. What does marketing yeah. mean? Well, I know that I like doing podcasts and I like writing blogs and I like talking to people on Twitter and Instagram and Facebook. So like, here's my, my podcast. And do you want to come on? And, you know, here's my blog. Do you want to read it? Like though that's, that's marketing, but it's totally marketing, but it just feels like the thing that you love to do. Right. Yeah. Feels yeah. like communication to me, which is like my core. <laughs> totally. I love that. Cause that's when it really works for you too, is when yeah. you find the thing that's like, oh, I'm actually doing all the steps just in my own way. And, and it's working. That's great. Cause I don't feel like I'm forcing anything or trying to fit myself into like what it should look like, right. which is also, I mean, with the pivot, you and I, it sounds like we both had a pivot up from direct sales into coaching. Um, when we have children and like we have an idea of who they are and they pivot on us, that's the thing with parenting is like, we have to just allow and be there to support them, just like our clients, wherever they're going and without having an agenda of what it should look like, or but you said you were going to do this and now you're doing this or anything like that. It's just, it gets to be like, we can do it for ourselves too. Like, okay. I said I was going to do this, but now I want to change over here and do this. And like, yeah, other people are going to have their reactions to it, but yeah, what stop because they have <laughs> their own thoughts about it, right? Because yeah, they have thoughts exactly like because <laughs> they have thoughts. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, and yesterday even I love having coaching in my brain mm-hmm. as a parent because yeah. it it gets me to question things that I wouldn't have questioned before like I, the one example that I used to use was my son would look at me when he was uh, in trouble and he would have this look on his face. And because of my own guilt from when I used to spank at him or used to yell at him, like mm-hmm. he, I thought he was scared of me. And one mm-hmm. day I asked him, what's that look on your face? And he said, I don't want to be in trouble. Mm-hmm. So it wasn't about being afraid of me. It was about be not wanting to be in trouble like he he wants to be on the straight and narrow like he wants to follow the rules and so many times he's gotten in trouble for not following rules that I didn't explain clearly Mm -hmm. yeah well and your coaching brain like you have that pause that you're like let's check in and see what's actually going on instead of just assuming what's going on right and then giving him that voice to to just say it yeah yeah And that's how I've been uh, parenting through, you know, his, he's struggling with uh, the way that my, um, my boyfriend parents and, Mm -hmm. and disciplines and, um, you know, he doesn't respond well to any kind of raising of the voice and even towards the dog, like he's very upset that people were talking in a raised Mm -hmm. voice to the dog yesterday and, you know, yeah. And so yesterday we were, we were having this discussion about, you know, how he was feeling about the situation. And he said, I don't, when nobody understands me or when, when nobody sees my point of view, I don't feel loved. Mm, yeah, and, I, and I relate to that. And I, I just thought about it a little bit and I said, do you maybe mean you don't feel understood 
And I don't know that those two things are really different, Mm -hmm. but it is different. Yeah. Like the under, I feeling understood is super important to feeling loved. Yeah. You know, but I disagree with my boyfriend all the time and I don't feel, and he doesn't always agree with me and I still feel loved. So there's, but I always feel understood even when he disagrees. Hmm. That's interesting. Yeah. Hmm. I like that. I mean, I think that that's really one. I love that he has that, that he's not shamed because he's sensitive to anybody raising the voice or even that, like, I think that that is incredibly cool that he at a young age is like in touch with that doesn't sit right with me and that feeling and just like being able to voice it. But then, yeah, like our love with our children is usually unconditional, but it sure doesn't feel like that to a child, especially when they're getting punished. It feels like the love switch just got turned off and, you know, like they don't, they don't even have the words sometimes to process, to like understand that the love switch is, is on, on. but that it's we're trying constant. to like help them it's on yeah, yeah like it doesn't stop and usually like when we feel upset or like when we raise our voice or we're getting it's it's like out of a fear for our that's backed with our love for the kid right like it's oh, like yeah. like we see the way bigger picture down the road like if you don't learn how to like not take that out of his hand like what like you know our brain might go to like oh my god i'm raising somebody who's gonna like steal as an adult and end up in jail or something right like we just see the bigger picture when it's for them it was like such a small thing right i just wanted the candy being bar, like yeah, yeah but we don't want yeah. you to end up in jail <laughs> right yeah we you don't take it to, this. You take it to <laughs> such extremes. And so it is, it's true. But like, you know, I, there's a, a situation where he was trying to get some alone time from his friend at the water park. And his friend mm-hmm. was told by mom, don't separate. So mm-hmm. friend was listening to mom and not giving Xander space. And so he took, he, every single opportunity that he had or every single tool that he had in his tool belt to get away from to get the space that he needed because nobody's ever told him no you can't have space right now mm-hmm. you know so he didn't know what to do hearing no so he tried multiple things he asked for help from a lifeguard that's not their job mm-hmm. you know and ultimately he hit his friends to get and ran yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs> and you know, fight or flight, like it's, it boils down to that. And there were there, I, I reached out to the mom community cause I was curious because my boyfriend thought that there should be a, a consequence for it. And mm. I thought that he was just trying to get his needs met. And my boyfriend did exactly what you said, which is, yeah, but so is the bum off the street trying to rob the liquor mm. store. He's trying to get his needs met. And I'm like, but there's a difference between a nine-year-old boy mm-hmm. and a 25-year-old man. Like the prefrontal cortex has not began to right. form yet, right? Yeah. Or isn't completely formed. And so it's our job to let him know okay, these are the five tools that you used. We need a a sixth tool to try next time. Mm -hmm. Not hitting. (laughs) Right. Right. And and next time, if you hit, you know, you're not supposed to hit, 
you know, and next time, if you do, there's going to be a consequence. And, mm-hmm. and he was, he was fine with that. He still kind of pushes back a little bit. Cause he's like, I don't know what to do when I'm upset. And so mm-hmm. that's like the thing that I'm working on now is I internalized everything when I was upset. So I don't know how to teach him how to not externalize it because I didn't have that problem. Yeah. Yeah. I am a big, I mean, I intern, I internalize it and I hold it and it sits in my stomach and it like eats away at me. But I, because I'm so, because of all the confrontation basically growing up, I, feel so, um, scared of it. Like if, mm-hmm. if it at all comes to confrontation, I just, I see myself getting like a little mouse that just wants to like, you know, like back up into a corner and like yeah. go away. Yeah. Yeah. <sighs> yeah. And I we, had, and, and I had a client telling me that she wanted, you know, to set a boundary with her sister-in-law. And when she said that, um, I said, okay, well, let's talk about setting boundaries. She goes, but I don't like confrontation. And I, and I just started to wonder when did boundaries become confrontation? Mm. You know, yeah. when, when did we learn as women? And cause I think it's women who think this more than men, cause men don't have the problem with conflict, you know, that's true. more so than women. Right. Right. You know? Well, and that sometimes like setting a boundary is simply setting it for ourselves and like creating the, however, we're going to set that boundary. Maybe it means not, you know, hanging out with a person or so physically being away or not bringing up topics that, you know, are going to like, that you have a boundary against and this person isn't going to be like a good person to have these conversations with. So it's not even confrontation. It doesn't even sometimes involve the other person. Like they might not know. It's just you. How do you want to show up to this situation or a conversation and having that figure it out inside your own brain and like what you're going to do. And it really like, they don't even, because they're going to respond however you show up. Right. So if you show up, with like bad energy that energy yeah <laughs> like like I've got myself I can remove myself from a situation if it feels uncomfortable then they can just be themselves too and then right. it just goes from there yeah yeah it's all in how you look at it for sure you know yeah. and and when it, it, I always got was uh nervous to have conversations with certain people in my life because I didn't know how I I didn't know how to bring up a conversation without it turning into a fight but it was something that needed to be said like I don't want you saying I'm going to spank my spank my child because you're Mm -hmm. not (laughs) because we already had that conversation a long time ago that that's not something I'll tolerate yeah And so the threat of it is also not acceptable. Mm -hmm. And, you know, and, and because of the original conversation, she knew that she messed up as soon as it came out of her mouth, which is why she told me about it. And so then I wasn't surprised when Xander told me about it and he tells me everything. So there are no secrets from mom. (laughs) (laughs) I was just having that conversation with my husband, like when, because they're at three different ages, it definitely seems like the older one, obviously, he's going to be like keen. We've been homeschooling too. So this will be the first year 
and they've gone to public school off and on, but this will be the first year in a couple of years that, that the two older boys are going back to public school. And so it'll be really interesting to see like starting to get to preteen teenagehood. Like there are some sneaky things, at least for me, I did some sneaky things. And I remember like, what is, what is, is it just like your parents just look at you like you're, um, like they just don't, they don't, if they don't want to see it, they might not see it. Right. And so for us, like as a parent, I'm like, okay, I totally see my kids as these lovable, innocent, like goofy little boys, but <laughs> what's going to happen in a few years when like, they're really turning into adults with their own, you know, yeah. concepts and secrets and all of that. Yeah. I, I mean, I, I get it. And, and I was, I appreciate my boyfriend's point of view because he was more of the rebel Mm -hmm. between the two of us and i was like he's so he he does not understand how i lived my childhood (laughs) or how i lived my my teenage years like he's like so you like you were more active when you were a teenager right i was like no i i literally did nothing like my hobby you said you're a quilter Uh my hobby was cross-stitching it's still my hobby like and it's a dying art so if you guys want to learn to cross stitch it's like please do because they don't even sell the stuff in stores anymore I have to go online to buy it (laughs) cross stitching is the one with like the like it's like a net or not a net I like yeah um, so it's called eight o'clock and then you do you do exit you basically make okay yeah 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 oh no I didn't know that dying art oh yeah there it's there's printed and then there's counted and I have never got into printed it's like you follow their path that's printed onto the cloth Uh I'm too OCD for that so um (laughs) I (laughs) I've learned how to uh manage my expectations about when I when I do miscount and I mess something up and I'm like okay is that worth it's called mm. ripping. It's called ribbon. It's called yeah. frogging because you rip it, oh. rip it, rip. It. <laughs> <laughs> <That's> so, <laughs> but like, I have to manage. Like, is it worth ripping it out, or mm. is it worth just managing it? <laughs> yeah, and looking at the bigger picture, am I really gonna know? I mean, I'm the same way with quilts. Am I really gonna notice that? Gonna no, notice I'm it. just gonna be happy that this thing is wrapped around me. <laughs> like a cold morning or something (laughs) yeah because I've made a mistake on every single project I've ever made and I couldn't tell you any where any of them are but so the point of that bringing that up was that like I didn't like we went to Denny's to have fun like that was our going to have fun place or we'd go to movies and stuff like that and he's like we would go to Denny's to come down off of being drunk like we, mm-hmm. we had, you know, he's like, we couldn't go, we knew we couldn't show up at home like this. So we'd go to Denny's to get some food in us to like not be drunk. And so I'm like, well, we'll see which one Xander ends up being like, because I, I like, I feel like he's going to be already, he's more sensitive like me, mm-hmm. but who knows like what peer pressure will do. Like, I just found people that were like me. Yeah, have that liked to watch movies and do sedentary things, and you know, but he is more physically active, like my boyfriend is. So, right, you know, who we'll just have to monitor what kind of friends we have, and and then. Well, I think I'm so I'm more like your boyfriend, Mm -hmm. but I think that the reason why 
was because I had a lot of like traumatic things happening in my home life. So I was trying to find a way to cope without any of the tools to cope. So for me, it was like, find a family of friends who I can like basically do drugs with, get high with, that would make me feel like that love that I was like really, really craving at home, but that wasn't available to me then. Yeah. Um, so that was something that like with kids, it's, if the, I can mess up in all the ways, but I feel like if I'm at the end of the day, really just grounding in love for them, that my cross my fingers, <laughs> my hope is that like, they won't need to be searching for that love. And I don't have girls, but definitely if I had girls too, it, it would be the same thing, like searching for that love outside yeah. from like a man or from alcohol or from drugs or whatever it is. That's just not, it's like, yeah, the first seven years. I mean, that's so important to have that. And if you don't yeah. have it, yeah, and where and, are you getting it? And I didn't have that trauma that I was trying to run away from. Like mm-hmm. the thing right. that I wanted was my dad to approve of me. Mm. And doing those things was not something that he would approve of. So I never did anything that I would get in trouble for. Yeah. So that's an interesting perspective that I like that I hadn't, you know, connected, but yeah, if there, and, and I, I think it's true in a lot of people's cases that there is a lot of trauma that people are getting, trying to run away from mm-hmm. and holes that they're trying to fill with friends approval or, or numbing it, mm-hmm. numbing that trauma. And so if they're not going through the trauma that I would imagine that they're less likely that's my, my story that they're less likely to have to numb it. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, and that's not to say, and it doesn't even have to be, it's like at some point growing up between like zero and 18 or whatever, like you are going to, no matter what your home life is excellent or not, like you're going to have to face situations that are just like heartbreaking, right? Your first love, just getting embarrassed in class, like whatever it is. And then like go us because I feel like as coaches we have some of the tools to give to our kids to like process it and then so it's not being stored up and coming out later in these weird ways that we as adults and that's literally why I do the podcast because I want non-coach moms to find the tools and realize that the tools come from learning themselves and understanding themselves and then communicating with their children. And, you know, the trauma happens, but you can help deal with it. But if you don't know that the trauma happened, you can't help it. So have fostering that like open relationship and all of these things that we've been talking about and cope, letting them be the co-pilot of their parenting, it builds more trust with you. Yeah. And when they trust you, they're not going to be rebelling against you as much, you know, when they have a say in how they grow up and how they're disciplined, it it like, I think there's all of the things that you talked about, the decision-making and all of that too. Like there's so much goodness there. And like the thing that I craved the most with my parents was connection. I just wanted to connect with my parents and And I had that at certain points in my life and, 
you know, and I forgot about it at other points, you know? So, and then also understanding like there is no such thing as a perfect parent. You are going to make a mistake. You do the best that you can with the tools that you have at the time. And then if you feel like you need new tools, then go get new tools, which is what you did in your business. Definitely. Definitely. I'm even very open about that conversation with my kids. Like, Hey, I didn't handle that very well. Or I need to know, like, what would you have liked me to do in that situation? Cause I was just lost. And like, we were in the moment, I don't know what to do here. So let's talk about it. And like being very human that like, we're not, we, yeah, we, we don't have it all. We're actually, we're just having this discussion with my five-year-old because he's still kind of at the age where he just assumes that we know what he's talking about mm. and, or we know what, how he wanted us to play dinosaurs or something. Right. And gets really frustrated if we do the wrong thing. And it's like, just, we don't have, we don't have all the answers. Like we just know, right. I know that there's times that my son will say something and he's, and then he gets immediately mad and I'm like, well, I'm, I'm missing something here. Yeah. And he's like, well, I need you to do the thing on YouTube. And I was like, you never once said YouTube. Like how, <laughs> I told, how was I supposed to know you were talking about YouTube? That happened so many times <laughs> in our family. But you know what? I do the same thing. I will just start a conversation like as if we were already having the car, like halfway through. We're having the conversation in our head. Right, right, yeah. Oh, you don't remember that? Of course not. <laughs> how come you don't remember the conversation I had in my head? <laughs> right. Yeah. Communication. Ah, yes. So important. It's so fun. Um, that that's my, in, in my coaching, we learned about direct communication and indirect communication, and I'm an indirect communicator. And basically what that means is an indirect, indirect communicator will say, um, I'm thirsty and think that they've asked for a drink of water. Yeah. Right. And so the direct communicator will say, I'm, I'm thirsty. Can you get me a drink? Or I'm going to go get myself a drink because I'm thirsty or something like that. So my son and my boyfriend are both direct communicators. And so I can't, was it, it, was it in this podcast that I said that my son was getting in trouble for things that I forgot to tell him were rules or was that the last one? I just. Oh, I don't know. Okay. Well, okay. That's, yeah. Yeah. I recorded a podcast like an hour ago. So one of the things that I said either this time or last time, was that um, there's, he's a rule follower and he mm-hmm. wants to follow the rules, but there's sometimes that I don't communicate the rule clearly enough. Oh yeah. You mentioned it. Okay, good. This one. Yeah, I thought yeah, that yeah. was this one, yeah. um, but you know, brain fog, mom brain, whatever you want to call it. You never get <laughs> right. your brain back after you, you know? So anyway, um, but there was one time he was on my lap and he was digging into my hip or something. And I was like, get into a comfortable position, get into a comfortable position. And what I meant was get into a comfortable position for me. (laughs) And he was like, I am comfortable. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, that's so great. And it was like a minute of the struggle before I realized that I had said, this hurts me. Mm -hmm. You know, it was just like, that I mean, I felt the pain. I was thinking this hurts. It just didn't ever make it out of my mouth. Yeah. You know, that reminds me there. I, 
I went through a period where I was realizing I was telling the kids a lot to be quiet. I really needed to be quiet in here or you guys really need to be quiet. And what I realized it was actually, I started reading or going into um, Byron Katie's work and how she turns everything. So then when I was reading that, I kind of started buying it. And it's not that I needed them to be quiet. It's that I needed inside my mind to be quiet. And so that meant I could just leave the room, Mm. right? They can be silly and wrestle and like be cracking up. And instead of me feeling frustrated that they're being loud and kids and whatever, just like recognizing this is actually my own need. I don't need them to fulfill it for me. I can just do it myself. Yeah. I, I, if I think that I'm going to take that clip of what you just said and put it on repeat because I love it. That's it's, I've heard of her. I haven't studied her work specifically. I've, I've listened to a podcast from the life coach school podcast. Um, shout out to Brooke Castillo. Like she was one of the first people that introduced me into this kind of work. Mm -hmm. And, um, she did episode 10, not that I memorize them or anything. No, I just just listened to it like a couple days ago, but she was doing a recap of, um, all the lessons that she learned from Byron Katie. And I was like, oh, yeah. the- Byron Katie is a woman, right? Like, yeah, yeah. yeah. So he's brilliant. Like <laughs> brilliant. And she's, it's like some radical information because it real. it's all about turning it around back onto you. How, like, where's my agency in this situation and mm. really owning it yeah. regardless of what anybody else is doing. I mean, for yeah. me, that's like it, that has given me so much power and so much strength to just understand that I'm responsible for my own happiness, my own well-being. It's totally interdependent on anything that's happening externally. Yeah. Oh, I, I could talk about that forever, but I won't. Um, <laughs> <laughs> so tell me what advice would you want to give to our listeners, to moms? Um. You know, I, I think that trusting your own, your own gut and your own like message, and then just being open to your child hearing that or interpreting that how they will, and just trusting that that conversation gets to go back and forth. There's no single like wrong or right in any of this. It just gets to be like more of a dance, like more of a you try things, you go with your gut, they do things. And like, you just keep getting to go back and forth. So not getting too hung up on like any particular situation or time or thing that was said or whatever it is, because it's just, you guys get to keep having this relationship back and forth. Like it gets to keep healing and being better and better. Yeah. Yeah. I I think Xander needs to hear that. (laughs) He's really struggling with feeling like he's always wrong Mm. and he's not we don't make him always wrong but there are situations that the way that he acts is is not appropriate or it's not Mm. like that's not what we want you to do we want you to do something else or you know something like that (laughs) yeah my oldest has the same thing where especially if he's upset then he'll go to the extreme in his head. I never get to do it or nobody ever listens to me about this, whatever it is. And like gently universal. 
yeah guiding back to like is that is that true like I can think of some times when you've when we all listened to your advice and did it your way and just kind of like let's let go of that extreme and see what else is there that's actually happened too yeah 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 I remember I was I heard a coaching call where a person said um I've never been happy and I mean that that I know that when you're unhappy, yeah. that it feels like you've never, or, and you've been ha- unhappy for so long. And right. even, you know, you may have attempted taking your life or anything like that. And you feel like I've never been happy. Mm-hmm. And that feels really true. Right. Exactly. It feels really true. But in reality, there's at least one moment in your life. Yeah that yeah that you've experienced happiness like we're not we're born with love and desire and i think inside love is is happiness and inside desire getting your desires or not i don't know where goes in in there but i mean i i know that it's it's impossible to not experience happiness at least once in your life well and even acknowledging that like that has occurred helps you let go of that extreme because then you're not so much in that story and like maybe there's room for creating happiness then like maybe happiness is a possibility maybe we can like yeah yeah create it one of of the the best things that a coach ever said to me was look for evidence that your dad does love you Yeah. yeah because I was stuck in the story that he didn't Mm-hmm. And not so much that he didn't love me, but I think more that he, I wasn't important to him and that those kind of go hand in hand, I think. And, and then I started remembering all of these things that my dad does to show me that he loves me and I just wasn't receiving them. And that's not his fault. <laughs> he right. was doing what he was, what he thought was showing love to his daughter and you know his daughter's just not receiving it and that's not a hundred percent his fault you know and like our brains do crazy things to believe the things that we tell it we want to believe exactly yes if we have a story it will find evidence to support that story and yeah it's there's nothing like just shining that little bit of light on it and and be like whoa like wait a second there's so much more that I haven't been noticing yeah it's super powerful to have a coach on your side and I I realize that I'm biased and you are a little bit too but I mean we only come from we come from love (laughs) it's true it's like having a guide on the side like we see things that that you don't see because you're not looking for them yeah. 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 Oh, I, I don't think I would be, I don't think I'll ever really build this business without having at least one coach on my side yeah. to, for, for all of the support, but then also for like the celebrations because yeah. they get to watch the growth on an intimate level. Unlike most people do. Right. Mm-hmm. And so having that, like that little win and celebrating with them is so freaking fun. <laughs> right. And they've been there. So it's, yeah. it's, they get to even re-experience their win. Yeah. And so it's a win-win for both of you. Um, yeah. Yeah. 
So is there a book that was in particularly impactful for you? Um, yeah, so I would say both of Glennon Doyle's books. I'm looking at them right now. Uh, Love Warrior and Untamed. Okay. Phenomenal books. Yeah. yeah. I've heard of Untamed. I think it's in my to be read pile. That was her most recent one. And it's, it's really, really good. And Love Warrior too. Just highly recommend. Really, really good. Now, where can our listeners find you? Um, I am on Modern Woman Ancient Essentials on Instagram and on um, Facebook and you can, and on my website. And then um, my email is mwaeconnect at gmail.com. Very cool. And I remember that there was a time where I, there was another coach that had a similar message to you and looked like you and wasn't you on Facebook. Oh, that's right. <laughs> and I was oh, like, what so is happening? <laughs> and you were like messaging her as if we, <laughs> as if it was me. That's so great. Yeah. I was that. interacting with her thinking it was you. And did um, you ever tell her? I, you know, I don't remember. And I don't think I've seen her as often no yeah lately but and I don't must have like a doppelganger or something (laughs) go back into our messages because I know I screenshotted it for you I'll have to see I think I might have that's the kind of thing I would do is like tell you tell both of you (laughs) so funny I love that I'm a goof like if you don't know by now we're we're six months in of this podcast you should know I'm a goof and Bridget knows so (laughs) it's so good yeah well uh, I thank you for being here and uh, hopefully it wasn't too painful (laughs) oh my gosh this was so fun for anybody listening, I was very nervous before this and I am so glad I did it. So if there's something you're nervous about or scared about, do it. It's worth it. Thank you for having me. This has really been. And I'm going to say one last thing too, is that it's not, it's not get rid of the fear and then do the thing. Mm -mm. It's feel the fear and do it anyway. Yeah. It's, we get rid of the fear by doing the thing, not the other way. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. And letting the fear be the cue that you're doing something worthwhile, that you're doing something that pushes you and grows you. Yeah. I just saw a meme yesterday that says, I hate it when people tell me to get at, to get out of my comfort zone. And they said, I'm always out of my comfort zone. I never feel comfortable. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Sounds awful, <laughs> but I do feel that way. I've been on like a very steep trajectory of growth and it's just more uncomfortable and more uncomfortable, but bring it. I'm ready for it. I'm ready. Keep coming. Yeah. Well, yes, I appreciate you being here. Uh, Xander's about to ask me something. So I'm going to close off and say, we'll see you next week. Uh, We'll be back with another episode of Imperfect Momming. And until we meet again, keep healing. Thank you for tuning in to Imperfect Momming. It's time for us to step up and realize that our power is not in trying to shape our children. Our power lies in shaping ourselves into the people we want our children to model themselves after. Don't just do it for your kids. Do it for yourself. When you become a more self-aware, compassionate, and confident person, you and everyone around you benefit. For more information about me and my work, visit alicialyons.com. 
That's A-L-Y-S-I-A-L-Y-O-N-S.com. See you next time.